Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Well, like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch. The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop. Last week, the University of the West Indies Five Islands held its first graduation ceremony since becoming the fourth landed campus of the UWI. The occasion was one of pride and celebration, marking the success of those students who were part of the graduating class, as well as the UWI Five Islands in reaching the milestone. The president of the Guild of Students of the UWI Five Islands, Caleb Gardner, around the same time, publicly encouraged those interested in getting their degree to do so. Gardner, echoing the words of several UE leaders, said that despite the challenges of 2020 and 2021, now is still the time to seek higher education, which he said is a benefit for life, especially as life's challenges continue to increase. On this segment, we'll discuss the value of tertiary education, what it gives students and what it does not, and we'll ultimately try to answer the question, what is the value of a degree in 2021? Joining our panel for this discussion, we're happy to have Dr. Curtis Charles, who is the Director of Academic Affairs at the UWI Five Islands. He is a former university president with extensive experience in accreditation, higher education administration, and education technology, among many other fields. Good afternoon, Dr. Curtis Charles. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am quite well, and we are happy to have you. We also are joined by Mr. Sven James. Uh, Sven James is a software engineer in Antigua and Barbuda and co-founder of Ticketing Inc. That's the company known for the Ticketing Events app. They are also responsible for the software solution studio, MCAT Innovations. Good afternoon, Mr. Sven James. Hi, good afternoon to you, Kieran, and to your listening. And we are also joined by Mr. Sean Mayle. Uh, Mr. Sean Mayle is the Labor Relations Officer of the Antigua and Barbuda Employers Federation. He is a certified human resource professional with over 10 years experience working in Antigua and Barbuda and abroad. His postgraduate degree is in human resource management and he has also lectured in organizational behavior and human resource management at the Antigua State College. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Sean Mayle. Good afternoon, Mr. Murdoch. How are you doing? I'm quite well. And, um, uh, uh, Sean, if you could just let me know if I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Yes, it is mail like from the... Yes, mail like email. Hmm? Yes, that is I. No problem. Just wanted to make sure. Um, all right, well, thank you, all three of you gentlemen, for joining us. And the first question I would ask, and I'll put that question to uh, Dr. Curtis Charles. Um, Dr. Curtis Charles... We would have heard various calls, various speakers, including the head of uh, the Student Guild at UWE, uh, encouraging persons to 
uh, pursue tertiary education. Um, given the challenges of 2021, uh, do you think it's uh, worth pursuing a degree this year, in the coming year? Uh, just, just as a, a question to, to start us off. Thanks, thanks for the question and thanks for having me. Um, I would like to revert a little bit to your previous um, session. I think there could not have been a better session to set up a conversation like the importance of a degree. And in terms of drawing an analogy, I think one of the things in the when you, when you hear about the story about Mr. Stewart that you hear is that Mr. Stewart basically built an industry, a new industry in the Caribbean against all odds, against all the big hotelers when there was a recession. Um, but he had a dream and he had an aspiration and he put his mind to it and ended up being one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the region. I think higher education is at the same place right now. We, we are facing a pandemic. Education institutions are forced to go online. Faculty need to be retrained. We are looking at a downturn in many of the regional economies because of the pandemic and loss of jobs. The question is, does the region remain at standstill? And, and there are, my, my, my contention about higher education and a valuable degree right now is that I want to preface this by saying there are a lot of very successful entrepreneurs and business owners who don't have a degree. So I'm not saying that this is the only solution. We obviously need those who have a degree, those who have um, technical training. But from the degree perspective, I think we could look at what the needs are right now, and we could look at the future needs. When we think about some of the compelling needs of the region, like climate, some of the emerging challenges, climate change, sustainability, catastrophic disasters because of, of, of um, hurricanes, threats to biodiversity, modernizing the skill set of our public servants, um, quality of water, um, clean energy, and, and blue economy, all those um, emerging threats and opportunities for the region that would need an educated population that would be able to do research in those areas and come up with innovative solutions and use modern technology and advanced technologies like artificial intelligence, um, machine learning, big data analytics. Um, all those things are skills that our students at Five Island um, campus will be equipped with to deal with those challenges. And Mr. Sven James, uh, a similar question. Uh, uh, in 2021, uh, why should someone go to university? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and it really, I think, depends on the individual. Um, I think, um, you know, I can't deny that I've benefited from higher learning uh, throughout my career, um, and that I wouldn't be where I am today without uh, but that being said, I don't think it's a silver bullet and a kind of one-size-fits-all solution. I think too many people look at university as an end as opposed to a means to an end. Uh, and I think what, uh, what the first step always needs to be is kind of an evaluation of what your own objectives or your own goals are. Uh, what's the problem you're trying to solve and what are the tools you need to solve that problem? Um, you know, talk about 2021 specifically, and I think right now, uh, more than anything, the people who are kind of managing to, to remain afloat are people with tangible skills. Um, whether those skills were acquired in a trade school, uh, through YouTube tutorials, or in university tends to be irrelevant to the persons who are uh, hiring for those skills or looking for those skills. Um, and I think the most important thing that persons can do in 2021 is acquire those skills. So if you need to go to university to do so, 
by all means, pursuing a higher uh, education at this stage is the right move. Uh, but I think many people do need to ask themselves, can I acquire these skills in another way? Can I make myself marketable in this kind of fluctuating, unstable economy um, and, and not go into crippling debt to do so? And, and Mr. Sean Mayo, the same question. Um, why should someone go to university in 2021? Yes, these, these two gentlemen touched on, I think, a very lot of salient points. And I'll answer the question this way, saying, when the 2008 financial crisis hit, I was two years into my undergrad program. And, you know, as a young person, you wondered, you know, what the world was going to look like by the time you graduated. Uh, there was so much, you know, fear mongering taking place in terms of, you know, what's going to happen to our economy. Even in Antigua, you know, of itself, we had a lot of challenges as well. And, you know, you're abroad and you're studying and you're wondering, you know, what is going to be, um, you know, available for you by the time you come back home? And, you know, safe to say it's been 10 years since I graduated with my undergrad. And, you know, life has just carried on. So we are in a pandemic now, yes, but that's not going to be the case 10 years from now. So if you have an opportunity to pursue a course of study in this present time, then I'd say by all means, go ahead and do it. Because what's one of the things that's going to happen is whatever emerging technologies are taking place, you know, in the classroom, you will be at the forefront of that. So two, three years from now, all this technology that is, you know, happening rapidly because of COVID, you will be in the prime position to be one of the persons who knows exactly, you know, where we're going in the next few years, because you would have been, you know, not only in the classroom, but, you know, at the forefront leading that charge as well. So, you know, pandemic aside, 2021 is definitely a good time as any uh, to pursue higher education. And now coming back to you, Dr. Curtis Charles, um, do you think that, uh, as many people often say, a degree still equates to better employment opportunity, better career opportunity? Is that still the case in 2021? That's, that's absolutely still the case. I mean, uh, research as recent as last year to 2020 would state that a college graduate sees 57% more job opportunity than non-college graduates, right? So that is that is still there. Um, but, and, but, but I wanted to... To, 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 to pass that with the fact that a student, a student doesn't necessarily need to go and just do a degree. I mean, I think one of the main things that has to happen is that our university has to be able to bridge the gap more with the high schools and the elementary schools because we have to prepare those students to, for the rigor of a, of a University of West Indies um, course of study. And students have to think very carefully about what degree they want to to, to, to pursue, for example, we know that in the next 10 years or so, any degree or any work that's in the purview of, of um, industrializing in terms of robotics, robotics is going to take over those things, anything that's redundant, right? So you want to be able to, to look at professions that's going to lead you or leapfrog you. When we think about the, industri the fourth industrial revolution, which is a collision of um, cyber, physical, and biological systems, that the fourth industrial revolution is going to come whether we have COVID or not. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's on its way. So it's going to impact this region. And when we talk about our graduates, we're talking about how do we build the Antiguan workforce population as well as the region. And for a cost for value right now, you cannot beat $1,800 a year U.S. for a degree at UE. It just, it just is... Is, is an, an awesome opportunity that young people have right now to advance themselves, that the government is supplementing. 
um, for a young person to build their, their, their capacity and their knowledge. And uh, coming to you, Mr. Sven James, um, have you seen amongst persons, young persons or otherwise, uh, an assumption that having a degree will automatically uh, result in, in more lucrative employment opportunities and a higher standard of living? I ask that question in the context of uh, the work that is necessary after you leave school uh, in order to build yourself up. But do you, do you encounter that assumption at all? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. From from the time me and my peers went off to university, I think the assumption was get a degree and you'll either get a job abroad or you'll be able to come back and automatically get a job. Um, but Dr. Charles touched on it, which is, you know, persons just, they go for any degree. Um, it might be something that they are passionate about, but what I've found more often, it's that uh, students just simply aren't prepared and they don't know what they should study to get to their, their end goal. Um, there's been efforts to have career fairs and that type of thing uh, for decades now, but it still seems that there is some disconnect between what do you go and study and, you know, if I want to do X. You know, a lot of persons, have, you know, want to become an entrepreneur, and that's admirable. You don't want to come back and have to depend on someone to be handed a job. You want to create your own. So maybe they study business administration or, or a similar course. And I think something that, that people find is that um, they don't necessarily have the skills to build the business. They have the skills to manage it. But what is the business going to do? Um, and so I really encourage persons to, to more so go and study um, degrees. If they are going away to, to get degrees, to study degrees that will impart them with marketable skills around which they can uh, build a business. And then perhaps as a, as a further degree, go and then do the business administration. Um, so I do think there is an expectation that getting any degree can, can fulfill the needs. Um, as Dr. Charles said, there is a higher correlation between persons uh, who hold degrees um, and, and earning potential. Uh, but it's not just getting any degree. You do have to be smart. You have to have a plan and, and work your way through higher education to achieve your goals. And uh, your take on that issue, uh, Mr. Sean Mayle, uh, the issue of whether or not uh, there is an assumption sometimes. Uh, once you get your degree, you're going to get a great job, you're going to earn lots of cash, and life is going to be great. There, there's definitely that assumption. Having taught students at the state college level, it is sometimes shocking to see what they expect as their base first salary for the first job they get whether straight out of state college or out of university. And sometimes, you know, you have to bring reality to bear for them, letting them know what really obtains in the workplace. And I think it's one of those things that we definitely need to spend a lot more time educating our young people in the school system, not only about degrees and what paths to choose, but, you know, the skills that they definitely need, not only to make it in the workplace, but to make it in life. Because you, some people can definitely graduate from university and still are not employable, so to speak, still don't have the soft skills that are able to, you know, maneuver the nine to five that is working world. And that is something that, you know, to some might be alarming. But at the same time, that presumption definitely needs to be coupled with hard work. Because at the end of the day, you have a degree that doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be further ahead than the next person. Because once you get in the ground level, presuming that you do, you know, there are people who might have been there for five, six, seven, eight years before you that have been putting in the work. So you now on day one, uh, five, six, seven years behind, having taken that time out to pursue your degree. So you have to work just as hard as the next person in the next cubicle, in the next office, to make sure that you are, you know, a viable part of the company and that you remain that way for the foreseeable future.
and uh, to you, Dr. Curtis Charles, the, the same issue, whether or not you encounter that assumption uh, that after having uh, attained a degree uh, at any level, um, there's automatically going to be uh, an ease in transition to lucrative employment uh, and, a, and a good career. I, you know, I think, I think that, that is natural. You know, as a matter of fact, I have been there. I own the T-shirt. You know, I went to graduate school at Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And when I went in graduate school, I mean, I knew how many zeros it was going to have to be after the first few digits. I mean, it was publicized. However, when I graduated, I graduated in the middle of the Reagan recession. And I don't know how many of us are old enough to remember Reagan recession, but it was brutal. There, was, there were no jobs. There were no jobs. So I, I want to be certain that when we talk to students, is, is that we talk to students that like, you're going to fail. Failure is okay. Failure is just God telling you, shifting you in a different direction. But when that failure happened, you just had to get up. The, the, it's not a silver bullet to get a degree, but continuous learning is what the part is. So I went to Howard undergraduate from Trinidad, and I went to MIT graduate, and I went in and do my PhD in higher education, and then I went to do a master's in predictive analytics and data science. Right, the continuous learning is what you have to be interested in. You just can't be sitting on one degree and, and look at life pass you by or technologies pass you by. I want to have that same message to my students that you gotta shift as the as as the as it go, you had to shift. And this is one of the things that we're gonna be focusing on, laser focus, the artificial intelligence and data science. But data science is the highest paying job right now throughout the world, a four year degree or three year degree. And the world has shortages in those. I sent you some statistics in, in, my, in my intro. Those are real statistics. You know, only 35% in the world's population are still in technology jobs. I put on my academic hat and I put on my entrepreneurship hat and then say, you know, that's, that's a good market for five island campus. And I think the, last thing, the other thing I would like to say is that we need to have a different mindset at Five Island Campus as well. We are not only producing workers, but my colleague just now talked about entrepreneurship. We have to be able to produce the next generation of entrepreneurs who's going to build industries within the Caribbean and the Eastern Caribbean that's sustainable. Well, let me, we let me, can't only be building workers. We have to be building students mm-hmm. and giving them the, the, the role models to basically propel themselves to be independent and empowered other people as they build new economies, especially in technology. Let me ask you that question then, um, uh, Dr. Charles, uh, whether or not you think that uh, at present within the region, uh, if we look at uh, the University of the West Indies and uh, the variety of other universities and tertiary education institutions in mm-hmm. the region, um, are we um, training enough persons to be able to be entrepreneurs, to be self-employable, to create businesses? Uh, or, or is that something that you can do in university, or is that just something that um, persons have to want for themselves? No, no. I, I, well, first of all, I don't think it's, it's done sufficiently, right, and, and with a purpose. And, and these things are purposeful, right? So it depends on how you recruit that student. You don't just, you don't just somebody mentioned, mentioned earlier, they'll just fall into entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is very purposeful. It's a different kind of thinking. I spent some time in Silicon Valley, and I have to tell you, when I, when I was interviewed, when I came in and I wrote a, a press release, I see the Eastern Caribbean as the Silicon Islands of the Caribbean. I, I, I see it. What did Silicon Valley had? Silicon Valley had a university. Then they had a government pouring money into it, and then they had private industry. We have all those things. And then what they had was young white kids 
who believed in the art of the possible because the parents might have been an entrepreneur or the, the uncle might have been an entrepreneur or they have seen other people who were entrepreneurs. So Bill Gates decided to build a machine and drop out of campus, uh, drop out of Harvard, and Facebook owner drop out of Harvard. But the other entrepreneurs, they went, they, they finished their, their college degree and then they went. But you have to foster that. At MIT, for example, they train with if you go to MIT, you're trained to be a leader. You're trained to run a business. You're trained to to to, to be that entrepreneur. It and it's part of the DNA of the curriculum. And I think that's what our attention and that's what um, Principal Williams is 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 promoting in his vision in globalizing this campus. How do we have these um, learning outcomes and entrepreneurship and technology that's part of the DNA of our students? So you would know this is what to, this is what the Five Island Graduate mm-hmm. stands for. And uh, coming to you, Mr. Sven James, um, as somebody who would have taken that step to uh, start a business, to co-found a, a business, so that you have an economic space where you uh, earn your own money, you employ yourself, and you can even in, in employ others. Um, as we speak about training persons to be uh, entrepreneurs and training persons to develop business, what sort of mindset would you have to put into uh, into people? Would you have to try and uh, raise in people uh, for them to want to do that? Sure. Um, yeah. No, I, I think I think it's multifaceted. I think for one, um, something that you find with, with uh, it might be a cultural thing in the Caribbean is we're very risk averse people, um, and entrepreneurship is it's a, a large part of risk taking. Now. I appreciate not everybody, you know, has the luxury of being able to take risks. Some people need to become breadwinners very early in their career trajectory and they don't have the luxury of spending years, you know, living hand to mouth and and trying things out. Um, That being said, you can become an entrepreneur later on in life after you do have some earnings. Uh, But the key is you you can't be afraid to fail. Uh, That was mentioned by by one of the other panelists. Um, You have to look at failure as just a, a step along the path of success. Um, and so in whatever way we can kind of impart this type of risk-taking um, um, proclivity in students, um, that can help them on the path to entrepreneurship. Uh, also thinking outside of the box, um, you know, our education system still has, you know, the vestiges of colonialism infused in it. And because of this, you know, you have a lot of rot learning. Um, and that's obviously ch- changing, you know. Um, I, I'm hearing what um, the UE Five Islands campus has planned, and it sounds like they are really preparing students um, for the future. Um, but I think in, in high school, especially, you know, there's still a lot of rot learning, and the kind of memorization and regurgitation doesn't work in the dynamic business space. You need to be able to, to be more creative, think on your feet, um, come up with different solutions to problems. So, uh, you know, there's more, but <laughs> to, to see the time, I'd say the two things I focus on initially are, um, you know, um, instilling uh, more of a risk-taking um, passion or, or sensibility in persons and getting away from the rot learning. And uh, to Mr. Sean Mail, the same question, uh, whether or not we, we, we have enough persons exiting universities as uh, entrepreneurs or self-employable people as opposed to job seekers. And if not, uh, how do we mend that? If, if we do, we definitely have room for a lot more. And I say that on the premise that I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this show has at least one idea of something that they could see yeah. being done in Antigua, whether a university graduate or not. I'm pretty sure the three, the four of us here talking have at least a book full of ideas of things that you could bring to life as an entrepreneur. 
So the market is endless in the sense that you have 90,000 people, you know, who are in themselves have ideas that they could bring to life. And persons coming from university will have ideas, uh, yes, but they'll also be coming from a four-year system where they will just be checking boxes for the last four years and just doing what they're told. That is somewhat of a mold that you have to break out of by the time you get into the real world, realizing that, you know, your homework for the next day is to survive, you know. And yes, going to work will, you know, ensure your survival, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do uh, within the confines of a job. You, have, you might have ideas that you want to bring to life, you know, that just really wouldn't, you know, be applicable to the place that you currently work. So then what do you do with all of those ideas, all of those talents that you have? You have to put them to good use. And entrepreneurship is one of those things. And I think it's in our society, we don't uh, collaborate a lot together. So one person might have an idea and they might not share it. And they die with that idea, never bringing it truly to life because they don't want to trust someone else with the idea for fear of you know, it being stolen. And that in itself robs us as a community of something that could literally be you know, life-changing for all of us here in Antigua and Barbuda. Uh, before I come to you, Dr. Curtis Charles, I just want to jump back to Mr. Sven James just for a second to ask you something that came to mind while uh, uh, Mr. Sean Mail was speaking. And, and to you, Mr. Sven James, I'd ask, what sort of obstacles have you encountered um, doing business in Antigua and Barbuda? So uh, let us say somebody uh, says to you that they too want to start uh, an enterprise, um, what sort of hurdles would you advise them that they will have to overcome? Sure. Um, I mean, Mr. Mayor just touched on a really big one, which is the lack of collaboration. I mean, even I suffered from that same affliction early on uh, in my path. But, you know, uh, being able to kind of push past that initial urge to keep all of your ideas secret and re realize it's not the ideas that have value, but the implementation and the realization of those ideas. Um, so that kind of urge to keep things to yourself and this fear that people are going to steal your ideas will be something to push through. Um, aside from that, um, there can be a lack of capital. Um, you know, we're not in a Silicon Valley where people are just throwing around money at dreams. Um, you know, you have to have a really good proven business model, and especially as we look at, you know, high tech, the high tech innovative space. There aren't, uh, you know, massively proven business models in the region in this space. And so it can be difficult to attract that type of financing. But, you know, they say if you can't sell it to your family members, you, you can't sell it to anybody. So there are other ways to raise capital outside of the kind of uh, financial institutions. And I advise persons to kind of look at that. Um, something we've encountered as well, but it's more so been later on as things has, have started to go better, is a sort of lack of um, trained persons to actually employ. So, you know, as we're trying to innovate, as we're trying to do uh, more high-tech things, a lot of people with this training haven't necessarily come back home. Um, and so, you know, while we can work remotely with persons, we do want to work with people based in the Caribbean, and we have found that it can be difficult to find individuals with the correct training. Uh, but Again, this is something that is sure to be resolved. You know, um, I hear what, what you is doing, but also with, with the availability of online courses, that kind of stuff. So getting in skilled persons to, to build the business is becoming easier. But those were the two uh, two of the major hurdles you'd have encountered. And uh, coming to you, Dr. Curtis Charles, I wanted to ask a question, and I'll, I'll put it to the other panelists as well, but to you first, Dr. Curtis Charles. 
and that is the uh, disparity that we often see in terms of uh, males and females enrolling in tertiary education. Uh, and yeah. we have seen a decline, uh, or at least a, 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 a steady trend of there being less males. Um, why do you think that is, and is there any way that we can uh, correct that, or do you think it needs correction? It absolutely needs correction. Uh, no, no territory, region, country, state could could um, continue to be sustained and be competitive with the ratios that we have. We we have to get the male students engaged, and I think it's 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 up to the institutions in the region to be introspective about that. Right. So we talk about the fact that the university, you know. It, I think the discussion has been framed in such a way that the university is just about degrees, right? The, the university is, is is traditionally the the tongue and gang, right? You bring the university to the tongue. So a university is more than just educating these students, but how do we get out in the community and how do we engage these young people in hackathons or in 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 going out there to the high schools? Um, and encouraging the young men about the degrees that we may have and how do we look introspectively and think about how we reform um, majors. So, like, for me, I'm, I'm, one of my degrees is architect, so I love to use my hands, right? I know a lot of young men want to do that. So gamification, right, a degree in gaming is one thing I could see would attract these young men and also entrepreneurs and make them entrepreneurs. A degree in, in animation, um, that will attract them as well. So what we're looking at right now is that we're looking at a program review internally right now and then also taking that as, as, a, as a real anchor in terms of what type of degree programs do we need to have to encourage young men. I, I refuse to think that there are young men out there who are not interested in education and just interested in working. We have a lot of students who work and go to school, but if you don't have a degree program or do you have learning, higher learning that, 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 that calls to my sense of being, I'm really not interested. So I think it's, it's upon us, and that's what we're going to be doing this semester. We're going to be looking at each program reviewing and then looking to add the academic programs that's going to attract this population into the institution and grow. Um, you know, so, so, so that's one aspect of way to do that. The other aspect is, you know, the university, as I said, it's more than degree. The university is, is how do we outreach the community? And one of the things we do every month, um, and I'll be talking later, on your, later in the week on your station, is we do the public advocacy series. And so far, we have the first one we did was shifting to entrepreneurship. That was the first one, shifting higher education to entrepreneurship. The second one we talked about, um, where we have, um, because, um, Joel's and um, a colleague of mine from, from MIT, and we talk about the future of work. This next Monday is the third one we're going to have, and we're talking about the, the impact of information, the impact of artificial intelligence on the financial industry, fi technology finance. All those uh, aspects that's going to impact the community. And our, our hope is that as a young men and, and women as well, but especially the young men, hear about these emerging fields that they will be encouraged, but we can't just build it and let them come. Education is a hands-on game. It's a contact sport. We as the university have to go into these high schools. We have to go into the elementary schools. We have to go in kindergarten schools. We have to, we, we, we have to sell them what we're doing and show them the benefit of a degree. So the, the premise of the question is whether a degree is valued at this point. It's valid in one sense, 
but we, it, it, it fails to look at the foundation that, well, are the students educated enough? Have they been informed enough to know whether this is valuable from the very early stage? Mm-hmm. So, so that is something that we are going to have to do a lot of work on in terms of outreach and letting the community know what we do. Like every degree program that we build right now, we're going to do workforce to credit, competency-based learning. Dr. So Curtis so Charles. Of any degree program we're going to add to, to, to workforce credits as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to Sven James, uh, the same question, uh, and we are drawing down to the last five minutes of this segment. Uh, to Sven James, the issue of... Um, you might call it the under-enrollment of males in tertiary education. Um, uh, how would you suggest we, we go about remedying that? Sure, yeah, and I think it is connecting the dots. I mean, I've mentioned a few young people, and uh, I used to teach up at the uh, ICT cadet program um, at it, uh, for the government, and you do find a lot of disinterested males. Um, I think gamification, gaming, was actually something Dr. Charles touched on that I found worked very well. Uh, teaching uh, young males the code by having them create a game uh, kind of showed them how maths can actually lead to, to something that they do find enjoyable. And by making those types of connections, making all of this theoretical knowledge more tangible for them um, is a way to get them motivated. I just think um, it is about connecting the dots. And uh, same question to you, Mr. Sean Mayle, um, the under-enrollment of males in tertiary education. How do we, how do we solve that? I'd say we have to address the issue of uh, delayed gratification. And I say that in the sense that uh, a young man finishing from high school or even college, if he goes here in Antigua, uh, would get a job and start earning some money and then realize, you know what, there's actually, I actually have a paycheck coming and thinking, you know, this is the end all of it, that, you know, I actually have money coming on a regular basis. And who doesn't like to earn money? Whereas uh, a young woman now would look at her career prospects over a longer time and figure, if I go to university and I get a degree, I could have more money coming in just from where I will enter the job market. And I say that from, you know, sitting in classrooms uh, for the last, you know, 14 years as a student and as a teacher, you see uh, that is actually about 75% of them, you know, the populace is uh, females, women. And, you know, the mayor's majority, even at the postgraduate level, is we're in the minority. And I think, you know, we have to understand as a society that, you know, we need to teach this whole concept of delayed gratification. Yes, you can graduate from high school, local college, and get a job the next day and start working. But if you put your, your mind to it and you, you know, give into the process that is higher education, uh, three or four years down the line, you can enter the job market at a higher rate and excel at a higher rate than if you were just to take a job straight out of high school and start earning some money. Right, well, we have about mm, two minutes left. Um, one question I do want to ask to all of you, and I'll start with Dr. Curtis Charles. Uh, persons who are older often wonder whether it's worth uh, going to school to get their first degree or going to uh, complete a master's or any other degree. Uh, let us say you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. Let's say you're in your 60s, your 70s. Let's say you're in your 80s. Uh, Dr. Curtis Charles, uh, uh, is it worth going back to, to school to get that degree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, one of the institutes you're going to see us launching this semester is the Institute for Lifelong Learning, which focuses on, on aspects of folks who may have a degree and want to get back to school and want to modernize the skill set. And that's going to be a whole institute that just deals with that. Um, but there are so many people 
One of the things I love about Antigua and the position of Five Island is that the highest degree in Antigua has been a two-year degree. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of citizens who have a two-year degree, and if they understand how they could articulate uh, their degree into the university, they could probably spend a year and a half with the summer. They probably could spend a year. Um, so there are a number of ways of uh, matriculating to get into an advanced degree for someone who maybe, you know, I just saw someone that was 80 years old that, that graduated in the U.S. It's never too old to get your degree or continue learning. And lifelong learning is going to be pivotal to everything we do at Five Island. And Mr. Sven James, that, that, that question, uh, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Uh, should you go back to school to get your degree? I say if it helps you to the, acquire the skills that you need, you should. But I do think one thing that's already been happening and has been exacerbated by the COVID crisis is the emergence of the zero-hour contract, the gig-based economy. And I think persons need to get the relevant skills to survive not only this period, but going forward. And if the university isn't the way to get those skills, then you don't need to go there necessarily. And uh, Mr. Sean Mayo, uh, your take on this question. I, I would definitely say if it's a case of self-satisfaction, if it's something that you know that you've always wanted to do and that you won't sleep comfortably at night unless you achieve this goal, then by all means. And I would also add to that, you know, uprooting your life uh, for any cause is definitely something that is has to have a lot of thought put into it. So if you weigh the pros and the cons at the end of the day, you only see yourself coming out on the plus side, then sure. Because, you know, like the doctor said, you know, life uh, learning is a lifelong sport and you are never too old to learn. And you might be bringing valuable insights to that classroom that you'll be in that the younger persons in the classroom um, would never have experienced. But just by, by your sheer age, you have you know, key insights that you can bring to the learning platform that, you know, will you know, help other persons to see things from a different light. So by all means, if it's a lifelong goal that you want to achieve, then sure go for it. All right, we're going to have to leave it there. We say thank you to Dr. Curtis Charles. He's the Director of Academic Affairs at the UWI Five Islands. We say thank you to Mr. Sven James. He's a software engineer and co-founder of Ticketing Inc. And we say thank you as well to Mr. Sean Mayle, the Labor Relations Officer of the Antigua and Barbuda Employers Federation, a certified human resource professional with over 10 years of experience. Thanks to all three of you gentlemen. Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch. The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop.